Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. Listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. This is it, everyone. This is the last show before Celebration 5. So this is the last time I'm going to sound chipper and not tired. Hopefully you just don't lose your voice like you did at Celebration 4. I remember that last Celebration 4 podcast being taped at the airport waiting for the red-eye flight. That was a pretty gruesome podcast. It was, because I sounded like this. I would have rather had Zelda Rubenstein as a co-host that night. Or Harvey Firestein. Or anybody with a steen. Somebody who had a voice. <laughs> We've got a big show wrapping up our pregame coverage for Celebration 5. To run down our programming schedule, if you want to see Star Wars Action News represent at Comic-Con. First, Wednesday night, we're going to be at Heroes Landing doing charity trivia. We've had a lot of fun coming up with the questions. We've had Nathan P. Butler helping us with some EU questions and some Clone Wars questions. So that's going to be a lot of fun Wednesday night. Thursday morning, Marjorie's going to be imparting her con-going wisdom with a bottle of water and a plan. First panel, Thursday morning at 10 a.m. It's going to be great. There's going to be some humor in it because, well, I can never do anything without any humor. We're going to tell you everything you need to know in order to survive. We're going to tell you what you need to see, whether it be the Star Wars trilogy in 30 minutes or the one-man Star Wars show, whatever. We'll tell you experiences we've learned, how to save your back, how to save your feet, and most importantly, how to keep your sanity. Talk about autograph etiquette and a lot of topics there. We're looking forward to it. Then Thursday night, our podcasting collecting panel is at 4 o'clock in the afternoon from 4 to 5. We're going to be doing it with the guys from the Kivecast who do vintage collecting. So we're looking forward to that. Then Thursday night is our main event, the Star Wars Action News Yak Face Party. I know Jason from Yak Face has been putting in a lot of work with this, as have Marjorie and I. And we think it's going to be a great time. And thanks to all the sponsors of that. Saturday evening from 6.30 to 7.30, you can hear Jerry from Republic Forces Radio Network and I discuss the Star Wars radio dramas and talk a bit about the making of the radio dramas and some of the cool things about the radio dramas. If you haven't listened to the radio dramas, come on by. We'll convince you to listen. And if you love them, come on by and we'll talk to you a little bit about the making of them and the writing of them and some of the interesting facts. I've been lucky enough to talk with some experts in the Star Wars radio drama and have a lot to share with that. That's Saturday night. Then Sunday afternoon, Marjorie airs her dirty laundry. From 2.30 to 3.30, we'll close out the show by telling what's unique about collectors' wives. But I feel kind of weird because I collect stuff, too.
queue and I collect some stuff hardcore. We have a problem with Starbucks mugs right now. But then again, I don't make you be a packing wool for mine. Yeah, you do sometimes. Yeah, okay. You did on this last trip to Comic-Con. I, I did. was carrying your mugs. Yeah. And actually, that's not closing out the show because I'm very interested in staying for the panel after that. The end of Star Wars collecting? Hmm. So we are all over Celebration, and I'm sure you'll be able to find us also in the diorama room from time to time. Make sure to stop me and say hello or stop Arnie or any of the Star Wars Action News staff. We've got a limited number of exclusive Celebration badges to give away. And you never know, we may have some other stuff in our bag of holding that you may want. I'll tell you, Chris, our graphic designer, has outdone himself this year on our badges. He has. He's awesome. He's great. And with Celebration, I asked Chris for a lot of work, and he's outdone himself. In every case, Chris, major shout out for all your help and all the staff who's been pitching in, whether they're going to celebration or not. Jason's been working hard on the website and the CMS to get us the shows out on time and Brent's going to be enhancing and I don't envy that task. But everybody helping out. But Chris designed some other stuff. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Badges aren't the only thing we're going to have at this con. We're just not going to tell you. It's going to be a surprise. Right. But if you come up to us and say, he's worth a lot to me, you're going to get something nobody else is getting. So you got to come up to either Marjorie or myself or one of the other staff members, not at the party, and say, he's worth a lot to me. That's all I'm going to say about that. Now, also, Marjorie, you're into the social media crap, but some of it actually pays off. I really, one of my favorite experiences from C4 was the Flickr pool you set up. And to this day, I still go back and check it out. Yeah, those are great. You can just submit photos to our Flickr pool. Everyone can see them. You can tag them. It's a really great way to share pictures. You can link it with your Twitter and Facebook accounts. But it's really neat because it's just a good place for people to dump photos. I think we had like 5,000 photos or something crazy like that. We're going to link to this from our homepage, from our Facebook page, and from our Twitter page. And we'll link to it throughout the con. So... Come on and upload your photos. We want to see what you shoot. Let's talk first about all the things that are going to take your money. And we're going to have this celebration store report brought to you by Backstage Toys. Backstage Toys, where orders of over $25 ship free, and they have Star Wars toys as well as all your other favorite licenses. And we appreciate them being a part of this show, sponsoring our show, and donating prizes to our Celebration 5 party. And at the Celebration 5 store... There's a lot of stuff this time, and it's a lot more diverse than we saw at Celebration 4. It is, because Celebration 4 had eh stuff compared to what we'd seen at 2 and 3. What they had was the usual suspects of items, but great Jake art on those items. The baby onesie. I mean, it was like they just went to Cafe Press, but with really cool art. Yeah. But this time, yeah, you've got your t-shirts, your hoodies. It wouldn't be a Celebration store without having t-shirts and hoodies. I kind of like the Orlando shirt. I know. I think I have to have the Orlando shirt. It's kind of retro with its blue. Yeah. All of that is, I kind of like that. I'm not sure about the Hoth Brewing Company shirt, and I'm not sure about the Sith Lord or the Darth Gator. Not, Not too sure what I think about that. They have also a bowling shirt, which I would get if it didn't have kind of lame art of the Emperor and Stormtrooper bowling pins. I would like a Star Wars bowling shirt and a Star Wars bowling ball and to just have a Star Wars bowling night. Yeah. But that's not the shirt for me. 
but I may break down. It's a little pricey at $80, but the Darth Vader Aloha shirt. Yeah, that's really cute. I like that one because a lot of people were like, oh, that looks familiar. Now, I'm still holding out that Arnie's going to want to get the I Love You, I Know shirts. Uh, that's uh, asking a lot. I, I will be buying the I Love Scoundrel shirt because it totally looks like something from the 80s. And I want the women's I am not a committee shirt because, well, I am not a committee. I kind of like the Tauntaun logo polo. Just because it's so subtle, I might even be able to get away with wearing it to work. True. Now, you know what's nice about these I love you and I know shirts? Nothing. I like them. You're going to wear it and you're going to like it, damn it. I know. Exactly. You can buy the I love you and I know in the unisex men's or you can buy it women and men's shirt. So they're watching out for the same-sex couples again, which I think is great. I don't think they are, because if they were, then you'd be able to buy both in women's size shirts. I think that perhaps some women just like wearing boycott shirts. And they only do have the other one go up to extra large. Maybe that's it. Now, the big thing that they've got this year for their t-shirts, they have light-up shirts. They have the light-up lightsaber dual shirt and a Darth Vader chest light-up shirt. You're not buying these. No, I'm not, because I bought the light-up hat at Celebration 3, and I never wear it. No, you don't. So that is that. For kids, they've got the Clone Wars villain shirt and the arts by Katie Cook, and I really like it, but I don't think there's any way I can fit my uh, girls into an extra large boy's shirt. No, you'd need one for each of your girls. Yeah. They have some headless shirts, which I just, I don't like the design of. I don't like the concept. What it is, is it's a character body, and then it comes out your head, so it basically looks like your giant noggin on a shrinky dink. Yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. And they've got X-Wing Luke, who looks kind of burly, so he actually looks more like robot chickens peter griffin in mm-hmm. an x-wing outfit then they've got han solo and slave leia mm-hmm. but personally i think it's kind of disappointing if you see a girl wearing a slave leia shirt and then she's actually just wearing a t-shirt and jeans that's like false advertising folks mm. They have a baby onesie and bib again this year. Not near as cute as the Ewok. It's Ugnaughty or Ugnice. I just don't... Nah. We broke down and bought the Ewok for your niece, but we will not be buying Ugnaughty for your nephew. No, that's just not as cool. They do have the Hallmark exclusive ornament. I'll be getting that. It's limited to 1500 and yes, I will absolutely be getting that. I'm also going to try to get the Ralph McQuarrie belt buckle, just because anytime you limit something to 150 pieces, I have to try and get it. Are you kidding me? Come on. No. It it says it's collectible. Oh, Jesus. I need it. They've also got the classic Yoda ears retro cap which is really retro that's you know what that reminds me of and this is sad when i was a kid we had a gizmo from gremlins like plushy doll and he kind of got ratty and one of his ears came off and i took the ears and put it in my shoe and pretended i was the greek god artemis of speed And so I walked around with Ewok, not Ewok ears, gizmo ears coming out of my shoes. It kind of looks like the gizmo ears are on a cap here. Yeah. Then they have, you know, your standard for little kids. They have a Cad Bane cap. Which is cute Cad Bane art. I like it. It It looks like a galactic hero. It's Katie Cook again. She she is awesome. She does rock. They've got the Celebration logo cap and they've got a visor. I will probably get the logo cap because I always like to get one item of clothing with the logo. And I'm just not a t-shirt fan because I wear them and they fade. The caps are pretty much forever, and for $25, yeah, I'll get that. 
Now, the coolest thing, I think, is the plush Wampa with a reattaching arm, and the Velcro is red. It's really awesome. He's $50. I'm glad he's only 50 I thought he'd be up around 100 to match the Tauntaun. Limited edition of 1980 I'll be getting that. What's going to be hard to get, and I tell you right now, this is the item to get in line for or start saving up for eBay for. They're doing a super deformed Boba Fett repaint based on concept art, where he's got, like, the Captain Rex ear. It's the same Boba Fett that Sideshow's released twice now. Yeah. But it's a new paint job limited to 250 pieces at $100 a piece. Yeah, you better get him. I'm saying for me. I want him. Yeah, we're going to have trouble with that, I think. I really do. I think yeah. that that's a you buy it Thursday morning or you don't get it. And the problem is, don't we have a panel Thursday morning? Yep. Yes, we do. <laughs> Help. <laughs> Help, please. You know I'm good to bring you guys back stuff. Help me. Yeah. Now, copying off the Star Trek success of the last few years, there's going to be the men's Orlando cologne. No idea what it smells like. I bet it smells like a possession. I don't even get that. Isn't that a men's cologne obsession or is that it's a woman? Calvin Klein obsession, yeah, yeah. I bet it's... That's all they did with the Star Trek ones. It's not like they created new scents. They didn't? They didn't go milk a gorn, you know? I don't know what that means. Yeah, it's just... They did not repackage other colognes. It's just knockoff cologne. No, I thought they actually made colognes. Well, I'm sure they did, but I'm sure that the scents aren't something that, you know, people are going to be knocking themselves down on Fifth Avenue trying to get. Well, no. They've also got the Women's Slave Leia perfume comes in a little bottle with a chain. The Orlando comes with a cape, which I think is actually really cool. Yeah, I'm, if, if... I have to say you guys are getting the better end of the deal because the men's Orlando cologne looks huge compared to the Women's Slave Leia perfume. Yeah, that could just be the brochure's photography. I may get both of those just because they're cool collectibles. Then again, I'd have to dump out the cologne because I know for a fact it would spill. Why don't we just use it? Yeah, if it doesn't smell stinky. horrible. You can also get the Celebration 5 badge set mailed to you after the convention. Limited to 200 but it's $60. I think I got to do it. We now have the badge sets for every celebration we've gone to. Now, we haven't paid for any of those because we've been lucky at the fan club breakfast. But since there are no more fan club breakfasts, I think I just have to plunk down the 60 bucks. Okay. You can also get a Celebration 5 lanyard for $10. Now, they've got some pins. They've got a Yoda pin, a Boba Fett pin, and a Slave 1 space shuttle pin and these are the florida themed pins because yoda's levitating in orange boba fett's on a jet ski these are 50 dollars each and they're limited to 150 each i'll leave that for you duncan (laughs) have fun with that now they've got another reusable shopping sack this one's 15 dollars and the ones at walmart are one dollar yeah so i think i'm gonna pass on that the messenger bag for 60 now, all it is is your standard messenger bag with a logo on it. Guess what? I could buy two of the hats and sew out one of the logos off the hat onto a messenger yeah. bag. Yeah. There's also an I Love Scoundrels bag, but it really doesn't look all that great. I think I could pass on the bag. It's just like a little black nylon bag with a pink interior. Now, let's talk about the beverage stuff. I like the Stormtrooper beverage container. I love him. He is so cute. I think we have to get two of those. And I like the Celebration 5 aluminum water bottle. It's not bad. It really isn't. 
Now they have an Iggy's 88 coffee mug. And I'm torn it's on It's for it. his 88 espresso. I think I'd rather get the retro tin sign than the coffee mug for Iggy. Really? Because I'm not loving those tin signs. I'm, I kind of like the I Love Scoundrels coffee mug, but I don't have to have it, you know? And there's also a an endless celebration bottle opener, and it's a surfboard-shaped bottle opener featuring, featuring a stormtrooper with a surfboard. I will be getting that. Would you like to know why? Sure. Because we never there's ha- a lot of beer going to be in our hotel room. Yeah. And we're going to forget the bottle opener. You're right. We never have a bottle opener, do we? I'm going to be getting the Celebration 5 postcard set because I'm a sucker and I want all of the art. And there it is. All of that horrible Florida art right there for $10. And I've got some of the tin signs. They've got the Iggy's 88 Espresso, the Hoth Blue Milk. They've got the Boba Fett Celebration 5 poster, which is just a poster, not a tin sign. And then the Vader's Fist Orange Juice Retro Tin Sign. I will not be decorating my kitchen with these. No? No, I don't think so. Are you liking them? Now, if, no. Yeah, see? Now, what I'm disappointed in is, you know, last year, last year, last celebration, they had a couple posters. This time, you've got a lithograph of Boba Fett shooting at you for $60. Well, they had the poster also of that, so you don't have to buy the lithograph. Okay. And then they've also got an Orlando Celebration 5 poster for just $10. I don't know. I, I wouldn't buy the poster, but I'd buy the shirt. Yeah, that's kind of where I am. They have also a Star Wars beach towel, which looks like the old Florida postcards. Kind of cool. It is. I would actually prefer it as a postcard. Yeah. Then they got some keychains. They have a rebel symbol and an imperial symbol. Both of them are laser cut. I don't know. I don't I want to see how big they are before I commit to buying them. For $10, I'm guessing they're about the size of a quarter. Oh. Now, here's my favorite item. And you, if you've gone to our YouTube channel lately and seen our Galactus hat video, I have a feeling this will be the Galactus hat of Celebration 5. I don't think so because it's five dollars it's a lando calrissian disguise which means it's a mustache (laughs) i think everybody's going to be wearing that all the cool kids are going to have mustaches i really want the i love scoundrels journal i think it's cute because it says your secrets are safe with han solo they also have some dog tags you can get arabesh may the force be with you there's also a bounty hunter one there's another pin there's a boba fett celebration logo pin see this is dumb stuff here though like the keychains and the dog tags that are just stuff with the excited the dog tags have celebration five on them that seem like stuff you'd need here's what i like you know all those phrases for the magnet sets that you put on your refrigerator yeah, we're gonna get this they have star wars phrases now these things always here's what happens you start off and you're just putting phrases together and you're arranging little things like, I love you, remember the Coke at the store. And then it ends up just being... Word salad. Yeah, verbs and adjectives all in a random order. But they do have a Star Wars phrase magnet set, if you'd like that. They've got some bumper stickers. They have a Falcon one that says original princess magnet. Are you going to put that on your car? I thought I'd put that on your car. Oh, but I'm not trying to attract princesses. I think I'd put, I just assume, kids a Wookiee on mine. You drive a Hummer. You just assume drive Wookiees to extinction. Yeah. Yeah, well. And then they have a I found the droids I was looking for bumper sticker. Eh, they're $3, though, so the cheapest thing in the store. I'm going to be spending a lot of money in this store. Yeah. I'm guessing it'll come Oh, and there's 400. a Celebration 5 logo poncho in case it rains when you're waiting outside in line for George Lucas. I have an announcement to make about George Lucas. This is a very hard announcement for me to say. Are you in love with George Lucas? I'm not going to wait outside all night for George Lucas. Hallelujah. I've done it. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah, I've done it. I've been there, done that. They didn't even give me a (laughs) t-shirt. 
No, they gave me pneumonia. Here's the kick in the gut was I sat out all night and yet people just walked up and they were calling him in. So do you want to see George Lucas? I have many friends who were just walking by trying to go get the General Giant mini bust. And they're like, you want to see George Lucas? Come on in. They're like, really? We saw the line and gave up. I think at best I'm going to get in line maybe around 3 or 4 a.m. I'll probably aim for 3 and get there around 5. And if I get a ticket, great. And you know what? If not, I'll try to get into one of the overflow rooms. But I'm not going to let it ruin my day. First of all, Saturday's too big a day. We got the tour to Endor that night. Mm -hmm. We've got a panel that we're putting on on the radio dramas that night. I remember seeing George Lucas at Celebration 3. And yes, it was a great experience. But can I tell you something? It was tainted because I could barely focus because I was so freaking tired. And I kept wishing that I was enjoying the experience more than I was because I was so freaking tired. And you know what? Also, I've seen George Lucas. I've had the joy of seeing him at Celebration 3. We also saw him at the Siskel Center event last year. If another fan wants it more than me and wants to sit outside more than me and get pneumonia more than me and maybe get eaten by a gator more than me, because that's what they say on the Celebration 5 website is beware of gators. And I don't think they mean (laughs) football fans. Perhaps they are, you know, just being silly. Perhaps. But you know what? I've been there. You guys have fun with that. I There's so much more I want to see at Celebration. So if I can get in, I'm going to try. But if I can't, I'm not going to let that define my Celebration experience this time. You sure? I'm sure. I'm good with it. How about you? I'm really good with it. <laughs> if, if I hadn't seen him before, then I would do it again. Because You know what that means? That means we can sleep in a little that night. My whole thinking. That day, we can sleep in. My whole thinking was that it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see George Lucas in person. Once-in-a-lifetime is how I saw it at Celebration 3, because he hadn't done a fan appearance since 87. So, yeah, once-in-a-lifetime. Well, this is the second time in a lifetime, and because we went to the Siskel thing, it's the third in a lifetime. All right, I'm done killing myself for something that keeps happening. I don't think now this will be my last chance. I gotta say, I'm optimistic that sometimes Celebration 7 will roll around and, oh, George Lucas, is there a line this time? I'm older. I don't think I'm any wiser, but I'm certainly older and don't have the gumption I had five years ago. I just remember how sick I was and how much sicker I got. I remember huddling with another man for body heat. (laughs) So let's not talk about who had it worse. And Alex, thank you. (laughs) And that isn't short for Alexa. No, Alex was a trooper. Me and Ryan went back to the hotel room and, well... Alex and I sat out. Yep. But I was sick. I really was. And I could not sit out in the freezing rain. And I did. Yeah. So, sorry, folks. If you were counting on me to organize a line party, I think I'm going to organize a sleep party. I'm really looking forward to that sleep. Yeah, so... I really am. You have no idea how happy this makes me. I want to enjoy the last tour to Endor. I want to go and have some fun. And do you remember what happened after Lucas last time? Oh, my God. We were zombies. We were zombies. And we went back to the hotel room around 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And slept the day away. And then finally got up just to kind of wander to that terrible after party yeah where they had like the american gladiators in the ring and the fire breathers and the band up on stage and we were i was still a zombie i wasn't better till sunday no we 
actually went, we were back at our hotel room by 7 o'clock in the evening. We ordered Pizza Hut. Yeah. You remember? That's, I was exhausted. That was really good Pizza Hut, too. It's always better when you're dying. It is, yes. It always makes it better. So, no, I'm I'm skipping it, and if you're doing it, more power to you. I'm not going to begrudge you. I no. completely understand. And if I hadn't done it once, I'd do it again. It's kind of like the time I stood out at midnight for New Year's Eve in Times Square. It's an experience I wouldn't trade my life for, but it's an experience I wouldn't do again for a million dollars. It was that bad. But it was great. I have great memories, but yeah, I wouldn't do that again either. These all-night things have to be something truly special, and I honestly, I've seen George Lucas twice now. I'm thinking, ooh, this might be my one time to see Jon Stewart. But I'm at a point in my life where I'd rather pay for plane tickets to New York to go see The Daily Show than sit out all night. I I just, the only thing that I'm torn on, and I'm really enjoying the sleep, let me tell you, I'm really going to love being able to sleep in my hotel bed until maybe even 7 o'clock in the morning Saturday. Well, I I said I might get up at 4, but you can sleep in. No, because if you're up, that means I'm up. I just, it's going to be the only time it's temperaturally pleasant. It's going to be very good climate. We'll, We'll see what happens. It depends on how exhausted I am. I could see myself getting in line. They say get there as close to 6 as possible. I may take them up on that. I may get there really close to 6. I'd like to see it, but I'm not going to kill myself or you again for it. Thank you. If you're going, let us know. We will come and interview whoever's first in line. Yeah. We will stop by Friday afternoon or Friday morning and go, so how's it feel to be me this time? (laughs) Any tornadoes planned? Beware gators. Next up, we have an interview with Steve Sansweet where we talk about the George Lucas event seating as well as everything else Celebration 5 related. We are here at San Diego Comic-Con 2010 to talk to Steve Sansweet about Comic-Con, Celebration, and who knows what else. Hello. Always good to talk to you guys. Let's start off with Celebration 5, because by the time people hear this, Comic-Con is over. Celebration 5 is what's on everybody's mind. Obviously, it's on your mind, because you're not even presenting at Comic-Con this year. Yeah, we're, we're, we're really keeping our powder dry for Celebration, and, you know, we've been planning this, you know, day after day after day since we first announced it in December, and uh, we've had a shorter period than uh, usual to put it all together, but it's going to be dynamite. I think this is going to be the best Celebration yet. It's going to be more open, more interactive, more things where every age group, every type of collector, every kind of fan. Now, Steve, I have to ask you, this is a little bit unusual programming this time around. I see speed dating, and then I think the big question on everyone's mind, are you getting a tattoo? Well, you see, you have to know the order. There is a correct order to do these things. First, you have to go to the Hoth Ice Bar. Then you go to the Star Wars speed dating. Then you go get a tattoo. And then you go to the Commitment Chapel. So you have to do these things one by one. And then maybe after that you can do the scavenger hunt or go to the C5 store to get your travel wear or something like that. But uh, am I going to get a tattoo? You know, I... I'm scared of needles, so I, I will probably think out, but I've given it some thought. I've given it some thought. A little rebel symbol on... Never mind. <laughs> They're not that bad. I've actually got a big imperial symbol on my back, so not that bad. Now, the speed dating, I think, caught a lot of people off guard because traditionally Star Wars is associated with single people, usually living in mom's basements, but we know that's not the case. And there's actually a lot of families going and a lot of husbands and wives, so that'd be kind of interesting to see fan bay decides to split up and that would be a fun experiment actually you and i could split up and do speed dating 
You know, I, I, different people do it for different reasons and have fun and to meet people. And, you know, when the idea first came up, I thought, well, that's different. But are you serious? Yeah. Because everybody who goes to uh, a celebration is uh, sort of has one thing in common, and that's the love of Star Wars. And, and there are still a lot of single people. They don't live in mom's basement. Mom probably doesn't have a basement in most parts of the country. But um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun, we think. And and the same thing on the Commitment Chapel. You have your choice of a dark side or a light side ceremony. And, you know, if somebody needs a spell, I may even do one or two of them. So. Now, given that people are probably planning their schedules already, the schedule is out, what do you think the can't-miss things to do at Celebration are? Well, of course, the, as far as the panels go, the, the John Stewart and George Lucas main event is going to be uh, pretty exciting. Um, and then, I mean, all of the panels are interesting. Obviously, we have a lot of celebrities. You know, Mary tends to put together some of the actors, and, and some of those things are really fun. We've got a lot of really cool behind-the-scenes people like Robert Watts and Gary Kurtz. So there's going to be plenty to do, and uh, a lot of Clone Wars panels, and, and they're cooking up some very fun things to do with uh, Clone Wars voice actors, with Dave Filoni, with the art. Um, and so it's, you know, it's sort of a combination of celebrating the Empire Strikes Back and and the Clone Wars and, uh, and whatever else George may want to talk about. George obviously was at Celebration 3. He had the big announcement for the TV series. What prompted him to decide to come back and do it again at Celebration 5? Well, we asked him, we pleaded with him, and I think, you know, the, the opportunity, he so enjoyed being on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart in January, and they really hit it off, and John's a big Star Wars fan, and funny as all get out, and, um, and so, uh, you know, we posed the question to both of them, and they both said yes, and we're very excited to have them. You talked about the George Lucas uh, being the main event, but seating shows in even the overflow rooms were, si- were stuck at about 6,000 people. 6,200. Let's get accurate here. So what about, are you concerned that that number might be too low? No, it's about the number that we had for the three shows at uh, Celebration 3. Yeah, look, if, if we had a stadium, we would put people in a stadium, and then people would complain that they couldn't see anybody up there if they didn't have binoculars. Why didn't you give us binoculars? We do the best that we can. You know, we're going to put it onto one other stage, and we said, no, let's, let's add as many stages as we can so everybody can get to see it. And, uh, and, and I think, you know, we're, we're have as many people as physically possible in one area. Now, one thing about this celebration that is completely different than the others is the interactivity with the fans. From day one, fans could submit panel ideas. You could submit questions for Jon Stewart to ask George Lucas. And I hear a lot of people talking about this is really a fan celebration. Now, what prompted the difference? And I guess previously we felt kind of, you know, we weren't involved in the programming as fans. And this is a big difference, and it's actually a lot of fun. Well, we've always had some aspect of that. We've always said the show is by fans for fans, and it always has been from the very beginning, which, you know, I helped put together the first one with Dan Madsen and John Bradley Snyder and Anthony Daniels. Um, and so, you know, it was always fan involvement. These are never giant marketing events, and let's do this, let's do that. I think as we keep progressing, we learn, you know, some of the best things come from fans. And so we've had fan halls, we've had presentations before uh, 
the, the whole diorama building thing came from a fan who, you know, is a professional. But uh, we're trying to do that even more. And so you'll see a lot more interactive activities even there. And, you know, the whole the commitment chapel and the speed dating and, you know, all of that stuff is, okay, let's have the fan interact with Star Wars as much as possible. That was our big mandate going into this one. Any lessons learned from L.A. specifically? I mean, this is your fifth rodeo, so obviously there's been a lot of evolution. But anything specific coming out of four to look at in five? Actually, there was more coming out of Celebration Europe and Celebration Japan. And I think what we picked up on was, okay, while the venues were smaller, everything was sort of compact and all together. And so while we have a lot more square footage in Orlando, we're raising or pushing back the air walls. And so it's one large celebration experience, not just an exhibitor's room and a fan room and a this room, every you know, in the store and everything is all together. Anywhere you look around, we're scattering the, the prop replicas that people can take pictures in and on that the Belgian garrison uh, the guys have done. Um, you know, one place will be the commitment chapel stage. One place will be the fashion show stage, first ever fashion show at Celebration. Uh, so we have all of these things going on anywhere on the main floor. And then, of course, we have the separate programming rooms. 501st has its own uh, room with archives. They are 2 d 2 builders. So all of the old things that were so wonderful now have a little more space and we're going to see a lot more interaction on the floor. With the collectibles, obviously, you probably are putting down for one of everything, but what are you most excited about? Well, you know, I was sort of in charge of the store merchandise for Lucasfilm, and so these are all items that a fan would love, I hope. And and, and very much the, the guys who were working with us, the, the company that Reed hired, they got it. And, and they were willing to listen to us, and, you know, we don't want style guide designs, we want fresh art. So, you know, I went out and, and sourced a lot of my artist friends from Katie Cook to Grant Gould for the badges to Randy Martinez for the wonderful art of, uh, of Florida meets Star Wars, which is now going to be a giant beach towel, a postcard set, some magnets, and so it's all this cool stuff, but I guess my favorite item, I had a prototype that Hasbro didn't make back in 1995, and it was a plush wampa with a big smiley face. It's about 15 inches tall, and I said, I want to make this for everybody with one slight change. You can yank off his arm, and it's attached with red Velcro, and so this I think this is this is my one of my personal favorites. Plus another piece. Um, remember back in well, you may have seen it in, back in 1980. There's a company called Thinking Cap Company, and they did a Yoda hat with plush ears and a little hair coming out from there. And so we have reproduced that as an iconic Empire Strikes Back piece. So you know, we got plenty of cheeseheads out there in Wisconsin. We're going to have Yoda heads down in Florida. One great thing that everyone's looking forward to at Celebration is Last Tour to Endor. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on? I've seen about the Death Star Disco and Star Wars fireworks. What special things are planned? Um, the Disney folks are still working on a, a lot of the elements, but it's going to be one big party. The park closes at 8 o'clock to only people uh, attending Last Door to Endor, Hollywood Studios. And so all the rides will be open, um, and you never know if one of the rides that you may go on that's a, not a Star Wars ride, there may be something 
unusual on it. You may see something that you won't see at any other time except that night. Another thing is, of course, because of security and other concerns, Disney doesn't allow people to wear full costumes into the park. So again, starting at the 8 p.m. time, you know, stormtroopers, clone troopers, anybody can come in in costume, which is great, and just have fun doing that. You know, there's all kinds of party stations going on, all kinds of other activities and things, lots of photo opportunities. And I think, you know, as we get a little closer, we'll be announcing even more. Now, one thing that I've been reading about in the news, I get the Google alerts on the news every day, and David Prowse's name keeps coming up, coming up, saying that he's not allowed at Celebration 5. And in all these articles, I never see any response from Lucasfilm. I was interested what, you know, the other side of the story was. Yeah, well, you know, we, we really think this is, uh, this is a personal matter between Lucasfilm and Dave Prowse, and um, he has accurately uh, quoted what we told him on his website, and we really have nothing else to add. One thing about San Diego Comic-Con, this is our fifth year here at Comic-Con. We have certain traditions, and two of them came to an end this year. The first you had no control over, and that is the Lost panels, because Lost is no longer on TV. No, wait a a second. No, 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 Arnie. The tradition was Steve Sansweet's Star Wars Spectacular. Well, the second... The second was starting and ending Friday with Steve Sansweet. And there is no end of day Sansweet, but the beginning, there was no fan club breakfast. What is the future of the fan club hold? Well, I think, you know, the fan club is going away as a fan club organization. But the last breakfast we had was down in Dallas at Fan Days. And it was for Star Wars fans. It wasn't a fan club limited kind of a breakfast. And we hope to be able to come back to that and revisit that whole thing because a lot of people have come up to me and said, what about the breakfast? We're we're just so under the gun with uh, celebration coming so close and with, you know, the the breakfasts have been done for us in the last couple of years by official picks. And, you know, they're in the middle of bringing all the celebrities in and the final contracts and all that. So we just said, guys, we are overwhelmed. We're going to pass on it for this year. So we don't have one at celebration either because there's just so much to do and so much more that we're doing. What about the fan club itself? You say it's going away. Again, that's been something that's been a part of my life, you know, for long before I was ever a con-goer. It always was on the back of my first Hasbro figures right. when I started back up, joined the fan club. Well, you know, I think it's part and parcel of the way the world is moving and the way people communicate. And um, the fan club had turned into hyperspace a couple of years ago. And keeping things behind paid barriers is no longer the way that we want to do things. And so, okay, we're going to we're going to slowly, you know, take everything away from that. Um, everything is going to be accessible to everybody. And then the question becomes, well, then what's the fan club? And is it just a kit? So we're going out with this incredibly great kit um, this year. And, you know, who knows how things will evolve. But this is the end of the, the fan club as an organized, paid kind of a thing. And at Celebration 4, you were an Ewok. What are you going to be at 5? If I gave that away, that would be all of my fun. I have uh, I have something planned if it arrives in time. It is still being made, uh, but it's been in process for quite a while. So if you're listening out there, please make sure that your mom gets it to me in time. <laughs> so it will, we'll have some fun. We'll have some great fun. All right. Well, Steve, thanks again for your time. Really looking forward to everything at Celebration. Oh, it's going to be great. I look forward to talking to you down there, and uh, we'll have some fun. Thank you very much to Steve. He's always fun to talk to. Steve's always got a lot of neat things to say, and he's just a great guy. If you ever get a chance to talk to him, he's very personable, loves Star Wars, loves Star Wars fans, which is why he's in the job he's in. Yeah, it's he's a much better fit for his job than I am on my day job. <laughs> 
Next up, we have Gus Lopez and Duncan Jenkins, who are going to talk to us about, one, their collecting panels, which <clears throat> we are on. As I'm on one, and you're on two. Yeah, but one of them is, like, airing dirty laundry. or That's the one to really go the to. The Real Housewives of Collecting. And we are doing a collecting podcast panel where we tell you all about how we can help you collect. Come and see us in person. We'd love to see you. There's some cameos by you guys. Yeah, we've got some things in the presentation that involve our listeners. And so most of the staff will be there. We'd love to see you at the presentation. But tell your friends because you guys are the ones who listen to us. You already know that we try to help you collect the best that we can help you collect. And so come on by our collecting panel with some friends and then maybe they can start listening too. They're also going to tell us a little bit about their book, which is Gus and Duncan's Guide to Star Wars Prototypes, which comes out this week and it's going to be for sale at Celebration. And we're here with Gus Lopez and Duncan Jenkins. Welcome back to the show, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Arnie and Marjorie. Now, the exciting thing that everyone's talking about with Celebration 5 is the serial giveaway at the collector's panels. That has generated a lot of buzz on Twitter and generally all over the Internet. Can you guys tell us a little bit about how you decided to do that? And one, do they really contain cereal? Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, that was, you know, there are a lot of folks that contributed to the concept, um, you know, since Celebration 4 and Celebration Europe and Japan, there was a lot of people were asking, you know, what's going to be the next giveaway? And a lot of great ideas people generated. And I think the original concept, you know, cereal had been kicked around for some time, but the original concept was a, a few of us were on a, a ski trip in, in Alberta and, uh, you know, uh, Chris Tregulius and Ron Salvatore, Lissoloni, Elling Haug, and, and a couple others. And and, uh, and basically the idea of a, a serial concept came out. We came up with all these serial names at the time. And over time, others started to kind of contribute to the idea. You know, and I did some preliminary investigation of it and handed it to Chris Tregulius, who really ran with it, and then brought in Jeff Carell and Matthias Rendell to do the graphic design and then a whole bunch of artists to contribute to it. We had sponsors, different sponsors. So a lot of people had different ideas and thought, you know, it would be cool to do this kind of parody thing. No one had ever done it with Star Wars characters. In fact, as far as we can tell, no one's really done extensively like serial parodies like this, other than, say, maybe Wacky Packs or something like that. And then, you know, we decided, yeah, we could, we looked into it and said, look, we could fund this and there are companies that will print cereal and they'll actually put real cereal inside. Are you viewing these as something that people should snack on during the panels? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I definitely think there will be some of that going on, but uh, I think uh, the majority of people will probably uh, want to uh, keep them uh, unopened. Now, Gus, I know you're a big cereal box collector, and we talked to Steve about food collecting, Steve Sansweet, and he said that he always removes the food from them. So are you going to remove the cereal from these boxes? Yeah, I, I'm big into cereal. I usually do remove cereal from cereal. I'll probably... Uh, uh, you know, if you have a sponsor, they give me, you know, you get a couple sets out of it. I'll probably keep one sealed and one open, but eventually maybe all of them will get opened. I, I usually don't like to leave the food around. I don't yeah, know, I Duncan, what's your thought on that? I, I definitely empty all the food out of mine as well. They will all be emptied and uh, either flattened or just kept nicely uh, closed and empty. So, Gus, you organized all of the collecting panels, and I noticed that it's 
quite a different lineup from Celebration 4. Can you tell us what your mindset was going into this and how to make it fun and different? Well, yeah, I mean, it, you know, in general, you know, with the collecting panels, it's really grown from, I mean, anyone who was around in the early days of it, Celebration 1, like Duncan and I you know, and a few others did this for Celebration 1, we were in a, a tent outside in Denver, I mean, literally outside in the rain <laughs> um, with almost, you know, no one watching it. And so it's kind of evolved a bit since then. But, yeah, each time we try to kind of outdo it, like pick better topics, make it interesting. You know, there's certainly some great topics from the past we bring back, but then try to introduce some new ideas. Like, you know, for example, Duncan's wife, Anne, came up with this idea that we did during intermissions at past celebrations where, you know, basically we said some of the, you know, interesting stories and slides from collectors' spouses. And so that's actually going to be a separate panel this time. We're going to go into that in more depth. So, you know, just play around with different ideas, try new things, and then bring back some classics. But even the classic ones have asked a lot of presenters to put a new angle on it. And, for example, the bootleg panel, instead of doing kind of a here's, you know, A to Z on Star Wars bootlegs, it's actually a whole new angle on it, which is other products, other particularly toy products, that were kind of based on Star Wars characters but weren't, like, passed off as Star Wars per se. And so it's going to be a, a whole different view into bootlegs. And in case anybody hasn't noticed, it is the 30th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back, so that's definitely flavoring a lot of the uh, program of this time. Oh, man, I missed that. <laughs> You know, I think that the collector spouses one is one I'm going to with a little trepidation. <laughs> uh, for Celebration 6, are we looking f forward to collector's ex-spouses? <laughs> right, exactly. We'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see uh, what all has to be said in that one as well. Collector's litigation. <laughs> and Duncan... At Celebration 4, we went to your humorous items panel and hands down one of the highlights of Celebration 4, tell all our listeners, if you hit one panel, see this yes. one. It is great. Did you mix it up a little this time? Have you found some new oddities and insanities? Uh, you know, it, with the bulk of, uh, of new product that's come out, uh, amazingly, there have been one or two humorous items in there. So, yes, there will be... Uh, there will be some new things that I have found and uh, some new things added in. and But, of course, some of the old classics, like the underoos, will always stay. <laughs> yeah, but we own those. <laughs> I, I distinctly remember my brother had them. I had them. I know Arnie had them. Yeah, every set. Well, of course. You can feel like Princess Leah in your underoos. Absolutely. Or, you know, the commercial says. <laughs> So, yeah, as I say at the beginning of the presentation, it's all, all in fun, and these are all things that I have in my collection and all things that I enjoy. So uh, if anything from your own collection shows up in my presentation, it's not to, uh, to make mean-spirited fun at It's to uh, poke good-natured humor at I'm still on the hunt for the Jar Jar Tongue Candy. Oh, yeah. You know, I find him on eBay every once in a while because I, I love Jar Jar hands down. He's my absolute favorite, and I will buy anything with Jar Jar on it. But I haven't found one with the candy not melted. Yes, the candy melts very easily, so that is definitely something to keep an eye out for. And I'm fussy because I really don't like living with vermin and critters in my house. <laughs> Besides the collecting panels, what do you guys have planned for Celebration 5, both for yourselves to do and programming-wise? I'm well, probably going to uh, spend a lot of money. Um, <laughs> I'm guessing that there'll be a few things to purchase. Yeah, like so. Duncan and I have a, have a booth in uh, the exhibitor room, so we'll be selling our books. So at, you know, half of Celebration 
I'll be at the panel presenting and then hosting the panel. The other half really um, at our table with our books. But in addition to that, I'm doing a whole bunch of other talks that a lot of them got added at the last minute. So uh, I'll be doing a talk on Star Wars locations with Brandon Allinger, um, the Insider, the writers on in- Star Wars Insider were going to do a panel, so I'm doing that. And then, um, and then I think there's going to be one on the DK book year by year. I believe there's going to be a panel for that. And then, um, and then of course, going to be doing Last Tour to Endor. It sounds like all the cool kids are going to Last Tour of Endor today. <laughs> so that should be a lot of fun, I think. And Duncan, you're known as the completist who has to get everything. How are you looking at the Celebration store? Is it... I, I just cried when I saw that. I mean, it's, <laughs> there's so much stuff this year. So my, my thing has always been, what can I get now? What should I hold off on? What's going to be cheaper down the road? Uh, that sort of thing. So that's always kind of the way I focus. Really, is so much stuff in the store this time that this will be probably the first time I won't be able to get everything in the store the first time, and I'll just have to kind of uh, triage what I can go for and what I can't. So we'll just kind of play that one by ear. Well, make sure to check out the store on the last day. Last year, or not last year, Celebration 4, we cleaned up on the last day because they marked it all down 15 75%. Exactly. So you sit there and you say, okay, well, this piece is limited to 100. It's probably not going to stick around. I better snag it now. This exactly. is not going to be very popular, I don't think, so I'll wait on it, and then it'll come down and then it becomes affordable. And yeah. then there's always the Star Wars shop down to $2 items like exactly. the Macquarie C-3PO and R2. Or free with purchase or something along those lines, yeah. <laughs> Gus mentioned your exhibitor booth there, and you have a second book coming out. Gus, let me preview it at San Diego Comic-Con. It is gorgeous, but why don't you tell our listeners about it? Okay. Um, yeah, it's uh, Gus and Duncan's Guide to Star Wars Prototypes. We kind of kept a theme going with the title there. And uh, this one is actually different than the other one in that it has far fewer items, for one thing. But uh, we just really wanted to focus in on an area of collecting that is very popular, but due to the limited nature of a lot of the items, there's not a lot of uh, photos and information on some of these items because some of them are just one of a kind. So we really wanted to highlight them and really show the the artistry and uh, you know the, the artistic talent that went into them, and kind of show the the making of, if you will, for uh, Kenner's vintage line. And is it focused entirely on vintage prototypes? Yeah, that's exactly. the scope of the whole book. Is is uh, you know it's entirely uh, just vintage toy prototypes, and uh, it almost exclusively Kenner. But there's uh, there are a couple other. Uh, Lily Letty, Parker Brothers, a couple other uh, toy licensees, but but almost exclusively Kenner Vintage Prototypes. And I know you guys have massive collections, but this book is also massive. So these couldn't have all been your personally owned prototypes, were they? Primarily. Um, mostly Gus, myself, and then the uh, the, the designer, the, the graphic designer, Matthias Rindel, and uh, he did a fantastic job of laying out the book. Uh, we were just just excited with the, the way he went with that. But uh, other than, I think, what, maybe two um, two pieces of original artwork, everything else is uh, from our three collections. Wow. Yeah, we had considered, we had considered like, whether we wanted to branch out or just do it with our own collections. And 
we realized that well, a it'd be more hassle if we had to have a lot, according to a lot of collections, and b you know we had such pretty good coverage with our own collections on this material that we decided let's just go with our own collections, and uh, and it worked out really well. Like when you flip through, you really feel like this touches on all the main points, um, all the main unproduced items, and the stages of production that you'd want to cover in vintage prototypes. For collectors who are looking to get into prototype collecting, is there something in the book to give them tips, tricks, uh, warnings about how expensive it can get? Exactly. We, we wanted to uh, make sure that in addition to all the, the great photos, that there was a, a lot of good information in there. And one of the, the biggest deals, I guess, with um, prototype collecting, in addition to like authenticating things, is just knowing the jargon. And, you know, there's just a unique set of uh, terms that is only, you know, found in toy prototypes or particularly, you know, among Star Wars uh, vintage collecting, uh, prototype collecting. And so, you know, we have a glossary of those uh, terms. We have, you know, photos that show each of the different stages. So you can learn, you know, what a chromalin is, what a, a Dynacast is, you know, different things like that. And so... If you want to get into it, you're going to need to know what it is that you're purchasing or what it is that you're looking at. And and so this kind of really helps in that area as well. Now, out of the prototypes that are in their books, what are you guys' favorites? Well, it's always a hard question. I, I, you know, I, I'm really, for me, though, I think my favorites are always among the unproduced toys because, I, you know, it, it always represents, in my mind, the kind of what, what if. And uh, so there are a bunch of classics in there that are covered, like, the uh, 12-inch Lando doll, the uh, talking Yoda, um, pull-string Yoda, um, the micro-collection places that are produced like Hot Back to Chamber and Bestman Torture Chamber. Like, those are among my favorites. It's hard to actually pick a single favorite. Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, I really like the uh, Star Tots, the little preschool line that was uh, proposed a few times. Uh, those are very cute. And uh, the unproduced droids and Ewoks are some of my favorites. Um, and then, the, like, the 12-inch Empire Strikes Back uh, large-size figures, the, the Han Hoth and Luke Bespin and, and Leah Bespin. And when's this book going to be available? It's uh, shipping this week, I believe, and then it will be available at uh, C5 as well. Great. And you'll be there to autograph them for people who are purchasing? Exactly. In between uh, presentations. And how much is the book? The book's going to be $50. And how heavy is the book? <laughs> <laughs> it's about half a uh, half as heavy as the uh, other book that we did. I don't know exactly what it weighs. Being a pack mule, I have to ask, you know. So it's still yeah. heavy. It, yeah. I did hold it at Comic Con. It was it was heavy, but not near as heavy as the other. It didn't feel like I was going to school. <laughs> right. Yeah, the other one you can definitely lift weights with. Uh, this one's just kind of a normal good coffee table size book. <laughs> And the photography in it is phenomenal, and like I said, I just got a chance to see it very briefly at Comic-Con. Looking forward to spending some more time with it. So, guys, congratulations on getting another book out so quickly and such a great one at that. And you know, I'm prototypes are something that I'm a little bit not as knowledgeable on it, so I'm looking forward to getting it and really kind of getting up to speed and finding a whole new way to spend Marjorie's money. <laughs> very good, very good. Well, guys, thank you very much for coming on the show, and we'll see you in just a few days. Looking forward to it. Thank you very much. See ya. It's going to be great.
Thank you, Duncan and Gus. I had to flip their names there because it's always Gus and Duncan. And I understand because it's always Arnie and Marjorie and never it's Marjorie and Arnie. You know what? You always come first in the credits and in everything that I write. I know, but it always gets flipped. People always call us Arnie and Marjorie. Yeah, I never understand that either. It's because you're the man. You always get to go first. Yeah, but you're the star of the show. I am. I know. You're the diva. I am. Lastly. But we, not leastly. No, we have a very fun interview with Frank DiOrio, who some of you know from Nev Nev's Universe. Awesome. Awesome guy. His customs had had me drooling since long before we did this show. Anytime I want to feel bad about my figure collection, I just have to go look at his stuff. Man, he is just awesome. awesome. He is. He's great. He's going to be building Echo Base at Celebration. It's going to be 60 feet by 40 feet. Do you know how big that is? That's just giant. I know for a fact when we were building the Sissonian, I wanted a 40 foot wall for my 40 foot Walmart Star Wars banner. And it was hard to almost impossible possible due to the support structure to get a 40 foot wall it's in giant there. it is huge and that's the 40 foot side of the yeah. 60 foot side so here is frank talking to us all about echo base and we're here with frank diorio customizer extraordinaire returning again to celebration five with his diorama workshop hello sir and yub yub hey how's it going guys so why don't you tell us what you're doing at Star Wars Celebration this time, and we can go from there. Oh, my God, where to start? Well, the, obviously, we're doing another diorama workshop uh, based on the success of the past three that we've had. Um, this time, obviously, because of the Empire Strikes Back anniversary, I was leaning towards Hoth, even though a lot of my friends and even like fans in the surveys on the site were saying to go more with, like, uh, Cloud City or something interesting like that. They thought that Hot was a bit too boring because it's just basically white snow everywhere. But uh, I was able to, in the design process, to find like a really cool twist that I think is making this my favorite workshop to date. So basically, we're going to be building a giant 60-foot by 40-foot uh, Echo Base diorama, including the inside, which is like the rebel hangar, the hallways, the control rooms, back to tanks, all these things like that. And then you're going to have the outside section, which is going to have the trenches and the at-ats attacking and the wampa caves and tauntauns running around. And it's going to be almost like a interactive movie, if you will, that, that's going to span like the four days of the convention. So what is the exact thing that people will be coming to do? Are you, they coming to a blank table and you're going to build this whole thing over the course of the weekend? Yeah, exactly. So what we're doing is that, obviously, a lot of people are surprised to find out that all the materials, everything is paid for. So it's actually one of the few events at the convention that's free for everyone. So you just show up at the table at the entrance, and we give you your badges. We've had Lucasfilm give us the approval to print 2,000 exclusive uh, workshop badges for the event, which is really cool. And these badges will also serve for uh, identification numbers for all the prizes that we're giving away. I could get into that with you a little later. And uh, basically, yeah, you, you come in and then you'll have kind of like a menu, like when you go to the Starbucks or something. And then you'll say you'll have a choice of building either indoor or outdoor. So say that you want to build... Hallway. So then you'll be given the materials. You'll be told to go to like table station one to begin for the specific hallway that you're doing. And then it'll take you either 
two hours, three hours, depending on what you want to build. You can always accessorize to continue building upon that. And then when you finish building your little section, then you bring it to the massive diorama display table and kind of like Lego. Imagine like if every person was building one Lego brick and then you assemble all of the little bricks together to build the humongous diorama, which will be on display till the Sunday. And then on the Sunday, then you can take the piece that you built and you can bring it back home with you, plus all of the toys that were donated from the fund and Hasbro that gets to be taken home with the fans also. So basically, it's like a, a sinking ship on the Sunday. Like, everything has to go. Like, I'm not bringing anything back with me on the plane. So it's like, you take what you built. If there's leftovers, if there's room in your bag for that, you take it with you also. And then, like, people just have, like, a really cool time. I have found that airline stewardesses are very accommodating when you take Star Wars toys on the plane, though. Really? Oh, yeah. I haven't heard that. I've gotten by with uh, actually three bags carry-on before. Oh, of like full from when you go to conventions. Uh huh. Like yeah, they're very uh, accommodating. They allow you. Is it because they're trying to bribe you and they want you to give them a couple of things for their kids or something? No, I just think they're really nice. And if you've got something, I always say, "Oh, it's very breakable. I don't want to crush it." And they always take care of it for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that's one way. Like you wouldn't want to put it in the baggage claim. That's for no, sure. No, 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 no. How does <laughs> how does this year's size compare to the one from Celebration 4? Because I remember that one from Celebration 4 was big. 60 by 40 just sounds ginormous. It is very big. It's uh, Last year, actually, I think we had 100 by 100 feet corded off, but it was inside. I think it was a kind of, well, I won't say like, a, it looked like an airplane hangar. I don't remember exactly. They called it the fan fanfare hall at the past couple of uh, conventions. This year, what's really, really cool is that we're they don't have a fanfare hall, so we're at, the workshop is actually in the same area as the Hasbro booth and the autographs and all of the merchants and everything like that. So it's going to be easier to find us, and we do have like a sort of like a roped-out area, floor space, that is 100 by 60 feet. So it is very, very big. Half of that is dedicated to tables and chairs for people to sit and build. And then the other half is for the hot diorama to, to grow as we progress throughout the days. But it is, it, it is mind-blowing how big it's going to be. I saw some of the pictures online of the hot diorama that Hasbro made. I think it was at the Comic-Con that they displayed mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And I was like wishing that I had seen that maybe like six months ago when I started planning the one for the, the celebration. I could, I could have like maybe stolen a couple of ideas. <laughs> but it, it just made me smile because that looked awesome. And it was relatively like in a small – was it in a glass case or could you actually touch it and go Oh, and, it was in it? a glass clay case and you could not touch it at all. Okay, so it was basically, I guess, like a – 20 foot by 20 foot or oh, you know, oh no no that? we're talking i would say it's like six foot by three foot it wasn't very big maybe four by ten at most you think it was ten no oh so more like a ping pong table kind of size or it's pool much table. smaller it, than it's a ping smaller pong than table. that maybe like a smaller dining room table maybe ball table size about yeah i'd oh, say it's yeah. much bigger in the pictures okay so so imagine you take okay so for all the people who've seen that who were at the show now you take that and multiply that by like a hundred and that's going to be what ours is going to look like. I'm really like excited about it. Maybe it's my lack of sleep because I just slept like four hours. I think yesterday I finished. I'm doing the finishing up in Photoshop the 
control room decals for the consoles where the rebels, like, they punch out all the little buttons and stuff like that. So we're going to have stickers also for the people to build consoles and different accessories for their rooms and things. So I have a couple of those to finish, but I, I went to bed, I think it was like 7 o'clock this morning, and I'm going like, oh, my God, it's 7 o'clock, and then I woke up, I think, at 4 today, and now I'm back at the computer again, and I'm freaking out because we're in August now, and there's like less than 10 days before we take off and go there, so there's still a lot to do. I'm maybe 70% done, but I know it's going to get done, like we always do, but... Hopefully, I'll have at least one day before to be able to rest. Well, I'll rest on the plane, I guess, when I get Yeah, there. you can sleep on the plane. It's okay. Yeah, I'll get like three hours sleep. <laughs> <laughs> You're making decals. Describe to us some of the other pre-work you have to do to get this ready for all of these fans. Oh, my God. Well, like, I'll, I'll describe to you like uh, what one of my friends who came over to the loft last week. And he, the whole there's a whole section of the loft where it's all of the prototypes that we built and he thinks it's really cool and all that but he goes like how are you going to get that on the plane and i said well that's not coming on the plane that's staying here and he goes well why are you building it i said well because you have to build it first to see what well first of all to see how all the pieces if they do fit together and then you have to see like when you're building something are you going to come up with a snag or something that you go like oh this is not working and then you have to figure out the solution to that kind of thing and he basically told me like what a waste of time but it's you know like if you look at it in his point of view maybe it's true but there's just so much planning that you have to kind of like go from scratch i basically just watched the dvds put it on pause, try to sketch the rooms. And then, you know, the important thing for us also in designing this is that, yes, you want to try to make it, you know, as movie realistic as possible when you look at it, but you also want to use materials that if you, when you come home from the convention, if your kid or yourself wants to keep building what you did, you can actually find these materials in your local stores in your cities. You know, you don't want to go, like, with these crazy, like, special effects materials that you can't buy or you can only get, like, you know, industrial size or different things like that. So it's, you know, finding materials like styrofoam or, or foam core or foam board and hot glue guns and sticker sheets and different things like that. So basically I have to prepare all of this ahead of time so that when you arrive, it's basically like going to the school lunch cafeteria and you say, I want a number two, and we tell you to, okay, here's all your material, put it on your, you know, like on your little tray kind of thing, and then go and sit down, and then you just have the fun of building it and don't have to worry about, oh, how's it all going to fit together and all of that, you know. So somebody with absolutely no artistic or talent, customization, nothing, comes to your workshop, how is it you prevent me from ruining your work of art? (laughs) Well, see, those of you, people like that, we actually, like, send them to a different room, and then we pretend we're placing your things. No, I'm just <laughs> uh, the, the thing that's cool about that is obviously there's different, different sections of the diorama that are different age groups and stuff like that, depending on also, you know, things like um, we, we discovered these tools that are kind of like, look like a cheese cutter, which is kind of like, um, how can I describe this? It's like a like a big U that you hold, and then between the U, like say that you're, you spread your fingers, and then you attach like a wire between your fingers, and then the wire heats, and then when you pass it into the styrofoam, it just cuts through the foam like butter, and it makes mountain shapes. It's just the coolest. I haven't had time to put those up as a preview yet, but 
things like that you wouldn't want like five-year-olds to touch, you know. So obviously there's things designed for different skill levels that like you were saying. So basically the fun thing about it also is that the way that it's designed is so that, you know, it is still, I guess the trees, when we did the Ewok forest, the trees being organic, if you had like a perfect tree compared to a tree that was all like wrinkly or, you know, it's since the forest is built like that, it kind of like didn't show maybe as much as this, but we have things like turrets made out of paper plates and, and uh, Starbucks coffee lids and different things like that that are really easy for people with zero skills and like really young kids to actually build. The basic hallways are basically, if your skills are really low, you can just do one of the L hallways, which is basically just the floor and the wall, and it's almost foolproof. You know, it's like the easiest thing that we designed that I, I think that even with no skill, if you sit down with someone next to you, and that's the cool thing about the workshops also is the community aspect of it. And, like, people love to talk with each other, and then you'll have someone motivating you and teaching you how they're making it and different things. So I can guarantee you that if you come to the shop with zero skills, you'll be leaving with at least a true level, and then you'll be wanting to do some more when you get home. Well, it's good to know I and the four-year-olds will all be together during the L-shaped hallways. <laughs> well, there you go. I'll think of all the friends you'll make, you know? <laughs> See, I think one thing that you should know about Arnie is that he's probably the only person to get a sprained ankle building a Wampa Cave diorama <laughs> a couple of years ago. Oh, really? Oh, you have, we have to sit down with uh, some coffee or maybe some harder liquor or something. <laughs> yeah. Over that story. <laughs> Usually people, what, cut themselves with exacto knives, maybe, you know, yeah, something or like that. Or burn themselves with hot glue and different things. Yeah. yeah. Arnie got a sprained ankle. And the know. Wampa Cave wasn't even pretty. Uh, did you slip on some ice or something? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I was going too realistic. Oh, that's right. Okay. And I know you were taking up a collection for spare Hoth pieces to use in this diorama. Can people still bring those to the con and drop them off for you to use? Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. You know, when you have a 100-foot space for a diorama, it takes, like, a lot of figures to fill that space. And it's the figures that really bring the scene to life. You know, it's like having a room when you move into a new house or a new apartment and there's like zero furniture. It's like once you put the things inside that that comes, you know, like a place where you want to live and different things like that. So we've, we're lucky to have Hasbro really come in strong for us this year, as they did last time. Uh, they're giving us, amongst other things, I'm trying to remember by heart, I know they're giving us four of the new giant AT-ATs to, to display and give away on the Sunday. We have the, the huge Millennium Falcon that they're giving also that we're giving away on the Sunday. Um, we've got some people from the Diorama Funds, like you said, send in some X-Wings, some snow speeders. Uh, we have about maybe 400 action figures and toys that have been donated so far. So it's a guarantee that at least one toy is taken home with people, depending obviously on how many people participate in the workshop, but you'll at least be getting some free stuff for in one form or another to bring back with you on, on the Sunday. But definitely, we need a lot more figures. So if, you know, since we're coming up on less than a week till the show, it might be better to just stick a couple of figures maybe in your suitcase and then just drop them off 
at the workshop or what, even when you come build, if you want to like use it, use your stuff on display, but want to bring it back with you also, that's fine. You know, we're not going to say like, oh, whatever figure that you put in your own hallway, you know, that you have to automatically give it to someone else. But uh, definitely, that's a, that would be like a, a great way to add to the collection that we've already had so far. So I'm going to ask you to reveal a trade secret for our listeners. Oh, okay. I can't promise anything. <laughs> You're going to have a bunch of AT-ATs there, so I'm assuming snow speeders are going to be attacking the AT-ATs. Yes. How are the snow speeders going to be hung or lifted off the ground in some ma- manner or fashion? Oh, God, I haven't even thought of that yet. <laughs> oh, my God, that's a good question. Well, actually, this, I know that the, snow spe- the, the Hasbro snow speeders are scaled with the, you know, with the Falcon and the X-Wings and all that, and I know that we'll be putting those in the base. There's obviously going to be a few on the outside also. I was thinking, I, like, I, I won a couple of eBay auctions of my own, for the remember those a couple years ago they had the action fleet snow speeders right right which, are, which kind of more fit in scale like that would being crushed by the foot of the big big at at kind of thing so the, we might find a way to maybe take a piece of styrofoam or something and that'll look like snow and stick it from underneath but that's a very very good question and if you come up with the answer why don't you send me an email before the show <laughs> i imagine the ceilings are a little too high for fishing wire <laughs> Yeah, well, those ceilings are like, you know, I won't say 100 feet, but they must be like at least, you know, 30 or 50. Or, yeah, or, so yeah <laughs> it would probably be difficult to hang from, from the wire. But we could disguise it with the snow. You know, we have this really cool thing that we discovered that I don't know if you've seen any of the tutorials that are up on my YouTube channel. But there's this product that we discovered when we were doing the design for the workshop called Instant Snow. And it basically looks like salt. And you add water to it. And then, like, Jiffy Pop, you know when you do the popcorn and you see the Jiffy Pop blow up in front uh-huh. of your face? The salt, as soon as you hit the water, like, in a space of, like, two seconds, it, it fluffs up. It goes, like, in the glass. And then it becomes, like, snow powder. It's, like, the kids, are, every time that we do it in front of someone, even adults, they go, like, oh, that's the coolest thing. You know, it's, like, mostly for science projects and stuff. But we basically bought about 25 bags of one pound of this material or whatever and so we're going to be covering the entire diorama surface with this fake snow kind of thing and then the cool thing about it is that because of the it's the humidity that makes it fluff so after a couple of days it retransforms itself into the salt or salt like original compound so since we love recycling so much what we're going to do is that we designed a little kind of like a cardboard insert that we're putting inside of baggies that say official celebration five snow from hot or something like that and every person is going to be taking back with them a little bunch of snow that they can reactivate when they get home for their own enjoyment or flashback souvenirs or something like that that's going to be another fun part so we haven't figured out if we're going to do kind of like a snowstorm on the Saturday where everyone just, you know, spends like five hours just fluffing up snow and then throwing snow all over the place. But then maybe the the dealers and all that, they wouldn't be too happy about having snow start landing on their merchandise. I think a snowball fight would be awesome. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Wouldn't that be funny? Maybe we should have asked, oh, come to think of it, we should have been in our own separate room, and then we could have lowered the temperature so when people were building, they'd feel like they were really on the hot. 
that's just kind of cruel. You know, but then I, th- I don't think that would have worked very well. But the concept is kind of neat. I think you paper. should take a snowball into the laser tag arena and really mess with somebody's head. They're shooting at you with laser tag guns. You hit them in the face with a snowball. <laughs> well, we used to do that a lot back home when I was a kid. So, but there was more snow, I think. So the, the environment is all like becoming so weird. There's like less and less snow, unfortunately. But yes. Have you counted for the humidity in Orlando? to keep this for the snow to transform back because the one thing about florida is it's humid all the time even inside isn't it arnie well really yeah well if there is more humidity it would actually work to our advantage because the 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 fluffy snow stays super nice for photo ops and stuff like that on like the first day that you make it after that it's when it starts reverting it's kind of like shrinks and so it becomes it's, I guess it's kind of like the sun melting snow, so you know, so it goes just down and down and down. So we're going to have to obviously find a way, which I haven't 100% figured out how we're going to do, to sort of like re-boon a couple of you know, bald spots of snow here and there so that when people kind of take pictures during the four days, it stays kind of like looking fresh and stuff like that. So I haven't figured out that. Fresh exactly. is the pure-driven snow? Yeah. <laughs> But one cool thing that you were saying earlier about, you know, the interaction and things is that we're actually, we've done a breakdown of the Hoth attack or the, the, the scene of Hoth for the order of things to happen. And the diorama is actually going to be changing throughout the four days. So, like, if you're lucky enough to spend the four days of the convention, if you come, like, on the Saturday or, well, on the Thursday, Friday, obviously, it's going to be building and, and building and stuff like that. But the at-ats will start, like, in from one corner of the diorama, and each hour or each two hours, we're going to be slightly changing their positions to make them advance closer and closer to the rebel base. And then, like, on the Friday, then the snow speeders will start being, you know, going towards them and attacking them and different things. And then on the Saturday then the Imperials will have invaded the base. So, like, on the Thursday, Friday, you won't see any snow snow troopers or Vader or nothing inside the actual base. And then the invasion will happen, like, on the Saturday. And then on the Sunday, it'll be, like, the whole destruction and the whole craziness of of the film. So it'll be really cool because people who come back often will be able to have different photo ops based on the hour or time and day that they come to visit. That is very cool. I love that. Now, mm-hmm. what are the hours that people can do this? Is it open the entire time the show's open, or how's that going to work? So I know that we're open at the same time as everyone, and that we close at 7. I remember 7 because I remember that we have tickets for the last Endor thing at Disneyland on Saturday. And I'm going like, oh, if we close at 7, then we can only get there to at like 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock. So I was thinking like, oh, we'll have to figure a way to kind of leave early. <laughs> How do you think I feel? I've got a panel going from 6.30 to 7.30. Oh, on Saturday? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. But Endor doesn't oh. start until 8 o'clock, actually. Officially. Officially doesn't start until 8. That's when everything transforms into Star Wars. Oh, okay. And then I guess, do, do, do you, have you found out if the, does the Disney park then kick everyone out and allow only the convention people in after? Or? Yep, that's what's, that happen- yeah. that's what's happening is if you do not have the last tour to Endor ticket, you cannot be in the park. And okay. a lot of, well, actually, all of the... It's just the MGM Studios Park. Yeah, just the MGM Studios Park. And the rides are all going to have special Star Wars little things in them. Accoutrement. Yeah. Oh. oh you're Canadian. I shouldn't use French. <laughs> uh, exactly. Accoutrement. It was very good. I understood what you said. And I was like, I'm impressed. Oui, oui. <laughs> 
Well, but I don't know. That's not, that's going to be like that's not our event. The, uh, obviously, the indoor. But I'm really excited about uh, going to the closure of uh, of uh, the Star Tours. Uh, it's going to be uh, awesome. Well, Frank, thank you for taking some time out of your very busy schedule. I know you're as desperate getting ready as we are for the con. It, more oh. desperate, it sounds like. So uh, there's just so much to do. But you know, I know that. All of the lack of sleep that I've had for the last couple of months preparing all of this is all going to just evaporate once we're on the show floor with the energy of the fans and all the different things like that. It's just going to be, you know, we're going to get all of the hard work and it's just going to be like a lot of fun. And I can't wait to see what the whole thing looks like when it's all come together and everything and all the prizes that we're giving away. And we have like postcards for the 10th anniversary of Yum Yum's Universe that we're giving away. We have even ILM crew gear that we're giving away. We have all kinds of stuff. So make sure to at least come and visit to see what our schedule is going to look like on the sign. It's like loaded with stuff that would take probably another hour to tell you all about it. So you can even visit the, we have a Celebration 5 page on the website that you can actually go and see and read about all the things that we're, we're doing. And if you want to see visually what we're the kind of what you're going to be building we have the tutorials also on the youtube channel so make sure to check that out and i can't wait to see you guys again at the convention i keep telling everyone oh we it's going to be fun to see you again like last year even though it's been three years so (laughs) time just flies and it's just completely insane i know we have star wars friends that we only see here and there so it's okay Yeah, well, a lot of people say, like, you know, why do you go to these conventions and different things like that? And don't you have better things to do with your sort of like, uh, you know, off time from work or whatnot? And No, not I really. I, <laughs> I love doing this. This is so much fun, though. I know. Well, that's the thing is that I think the people who have not been to them, they don't realize that it's kind of like summer camp because it's really you make new friends, obviously, each time. But you you get to see like a group of friends that you don't usually see except every two or three years or different things. And then it seems like it's been only two weeks since you've seen them. Exactly. You have all the you have all the fun and the craziness of the conventions. And then at night you go to dinner with your friends and you spend it's basically like a week of the most fun stuff, you know, and then on, and then it just flies by like in an instant. And then already it's going to be like the Sunday and you go like, Oh, I can't believe it's Sunday and it's over. Well, Frank, thanks for coming back on the show. We really appreciated having you. And to our listeners, we will be taking lots of pictures of Frank and his crew's impressive work. We were so impressed with what you did with Endor. We can't wait to see what you do with Hoth. Oh, it's going to be amazing. So make sure to come by. And thanks for chatting again. Thank you, Frank. Hopefully you will also get some sleep. (laughs) Finally this show, we have Scott from Tulsa joining us with a special report. That's a blast from the past. He's not actually able to make it to Celebration 5, but after Celebration 4, he made some notes on things that he can do to improve his Celebration-going experience, and he's here to share them all with you. Hey 
Hey everybody, it's Scott from Tulsa, back from the dead. Well, reports of my demise were a bit exaggerated, but I am still alive and kicking, and here with a few hints to help you get through Celebration 5. Now when I say hints, I must say, after C4, I was a bit of a nerd, (laughs) believe it or not, and I actually took notes post-C4 in regards to what would I do different if C5 were to ever roll around. Now, I did those, and unfortunately this year I'm not able to head down to C5. I've got some other things in the works right now. I wish I could make it down, but unfortunately I can't. I will be there in spirit, following everybody on Twitter and on all the online resources, and I'm looking forward to all the new information that's going to be coming across wild and frenzy-like all weekend long. So the first hint I would have to say is while you're jamming all that stuff in your suitcase, trying to eliminate the extra fee for carry-on bags or checking an extra bag, remember, you're going to be bringing a lot of stuff back, so maybe go ahead and pack either lightly, as in not bring as much stuff as you plan on bringing. Trust me, one or two pairs of shoes is fine. And the wife, tell her to bring a pair of tennis shoes and flip-flops. She doesn't need to bring all those fancy shoes. Nobody's going to be getting all fancied up. Well, (laughs) unless you're going to the disco, of course. Now, I'm not saying only take one pair of skivvies and one pair of trousers to change into. I'm just saying, think smart. Take only what you need to survive. If you really want to push your luck, Pick your bag and just roll all your clothes as tight as possible and see how much room is left over in that bag because that's about what you're going to have when you come back from C5, of course, unless you buy an extra bag down there or plan on carrying everything on the way back in pockets or in your Scotty vest to put all your valuables in there. Just think smart. Plan ahead. Obviously, phone chargers. I know between Andrea and myself, last time around, we forgot one of our phone chargers, so we had to kind of share a charger at a time. When you're both trying to charge your phones overnight, it makes it a bit tougher. When you get down in Orlando, because I know you've done your research and know where your hotel is and things like that, if you are driving in, if you are even flying in and renting a car, make sure you stop at a grocery store, a Walmart, or Target. And I know that'd be hard-pressed to say that you wouldn't stop at a Walmart or Target just to check the toy aisles, but buy some snacks and groceries there for the weekend. There's nothing like paying for a $3 bottle of water one morning when you could have paid 4 to $5 for a full case and have them in your hotel room to have all weekend long. And you know what? At the end of the trip, if you're throwing away or leaving six bottles, well, that would have been $18 you would have had to spend at the con buying them individually. So you'll save a lot of money if you stop and buy some preliminary snacks before you get to your hotel room. And when I say snacks, I include a six-pack of adult beverage. Last time, I put a case in the room, and I didn't have a chance to touch that case. And I like to indulge. So a six-pack would have been plenty. I literally wrote that in my notes. Six-pack, not case. Get plenty of rest. On the last day of C4, Andrea was so beat, she pretty much had to sleep all day because she wasn't feeling well, whether it be atmospheric changes in the weather, uh, allergies, whatever you want to call it. She just, her head was pounding and couldn't leave the hotel room for that Sunday. So just make sure you getting plenty of rest. I know everybody wants to hang out and have a grandiose grand time, but you need to make sure you're getting your rest. So take it easy on a day or two. You know, go to bed early on one night, just plenty of water, plenty of rest. Now, I'm sure in these high-tech days, everybody's put all of their information in regards to their pre-orders, hotel information, flight information, rental car information, C5 tickets, all that stuff is probably stuck on your smartphones. That's great. It's fantastic. It's at your fingertips. But worst comes to worst, what happens if, say, you 
didn't charge your phone or how you had to use it a lot and you couldn't get to that information upon check-in or you lost your phone. God forbid you lost your phone, but still take hard copies of everything. Last year, I showed everybody I had a nice tabbed folder with tickets, airline, rental car, bam, 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 bam. You know, General Giant, Sideshow, everything pre-order-wise was stuck in that folder. So I had easy access to everything and just keep that in a safe spot in your checked luggage and they lose it. Well, you're kind of screwed. So if you're taking a carry-on, throw it in there. At least it gives you something to kind of look at while you're on the plane on the way down there or to fiddle with in the car on the drive down there. One thing about the General Giant, and I did make a big, right, bright green post-it note about it for the pre-order pickups. Now, we're not sure how they're going to do it all this year, but pre-order pickups last year, they went fast. General Giant's always the first booth that everybody runs to. General Giant last year with the pre-order pickups, they still only had a certain allotment for the pre-order pickups for each day. So if you didn't get there early and you weren't able to get your pre-order pickup, you were kind of screwed. You had to commit to doing it again the next day to try to get there to get what you originally paid for from General Giant. So hopefully they've got that fixed, but make sure you get in there early, get that pre-order so you can get it back to your room. It's one thing you can tick off your list. It's done. They've already got your money. So get in there and get your product. One thing we didn't do with C4, we didn't take enough pictures. In this age, digital file to photo files, and you can upload them to Flickr and put them on your laptops, whatever you need to do. We didn't take near as many pictures as we should have over a four-day period. It's one of those vacations where, oh, we'll bring the camera later on, later on, later on. All of a sudden, the last day, you're like, ah, crap, let's take pictures. Bring that camera with you at all times. You never know who you're going to see, uh, famous people or fellow listeners, fellow Star Wars Action News forum members that you might run into, especially for the Star Wars Action News party. You've got to have your camera for that. We had some great pictures uh, that night, and it was fantastic. If you're bringing your wife or girlfriend who you know, you're bringing, they might might not necessarily have wanted to come to this, but they're bringing, you know, ask them to, you know, tote around the camera or be the photographer and just take random pictures of you with things, take pictures of them with things. It's always fun to look back on those things. Some of the best pictures I have from C4 was with Andrea and a stormtrooper from the Swan Party, Andrea and Boba Fett from C4. Andrea with Han and Carbonite with Boba Fett at C4. Those are some of the best pictures and some of the best memories I have of that trip. And I wish I had more. Some other notes I had made, I wrote, the shuttle worked very well. Well, that's good. That was good to know. We stayed at a hotel a mile and a half from the convention, and using the shuttle, it was very efficient. It got us there. It was never overly crowded, or one of our stops was one of the first ones, so that worked very well. We left the hotel at about 8.30 for the 10 a.m. opening and got us in with no problems at all. Make sure to spend time at the dioramas and vehicles workshops. I had a tendency to drifting over towards the Hasbro and different booths to see what new items they were revealing every day, and I should have spent more time, again, taking pictures and looking at some of the things on display that I don't get to see online every day. Now, the C4 store was great. There was a lot of room to walk around. It was never overly crowded. You could get in, get your stuff, and get out. The kicker was, on the last day of C4, a lot of the stuff was 50% off, which was a because a lot of the things that we bought were 50% off then. So that was kind of a thorn in my side and having to you know deal with that. But a lot of these items are going to show up on StarWarsShop.com as well. So if you get in that store on those first couple days and there's something you really want, well, yeah, get it so you don't miss out. Because if something you really want or something that's popular with everybody else, most likely it'll be gone by the end of C5. But if there's something you're sitting on the fence about, well, you might want to hold off and double check back on that last day because you might be able to get it a substantial savings. Now, we know there's going to be FedEx booths set up throughout the convention center so you can ship items home. But remember, it's going to be pricey. It's just not 
like your normal regular FedEx Kinko's you're walking into and shipping a box or your normal post office, you're paying a little bit extra for that convenience. And no matter what they say about, oh, it'll be actual shipping rates, I guarantee there's probably a little bit of a handling charge in there. I had shipping from LA was pricey. We're still going, we're going to be going from a coast to somewhere else. So from Orlando, I, I can't see it being any much cheaper than it was from LA. Now, one of the things we enjoyed about C4 the most were the panels and the presentations that were put on. Star Wars Trilogy in 30 Minutes and the One Man Star Wars Show. Those were absolutely fantastic. If I was going to C5 and they were both going on, I would definitely go see them again. But I wish I had gone to see more panels and more presentations. Again, I spent a lot of my time mulling around, just kind of wandering the hall, looking at things. And looking at it now, I saw a lot of stuff multiple times where I could have been spreading my time out, seeing a bunch of different things. Just make sure you take advantage of seeing all the things you normally wouldn't be able to see talking to people you wouldn't be able to talk to, spending time with a lot of these people you meet over the internet, in the forums, you hear on the podcasts, on the radio, whatever it is, you see these people, make sure you spend some time with them. That's what this thing is all about, is a gathering of fans to celebrate the saga. That's about it for me for this week. I wish everyone safe journeys down to Orlando and back. We'll talk to y'all later, and as always, good hunting. Thank you, Scott. Good to hear from you again. We're going to be missing you at C5. One last bit of late-breaking news. Hasbro has recently announced they're going to be having a -a Build-A-Droid swap meet. Yeah, so all those parts that you have, that you have multiples of, you can now go and have an old-fashioned swap meet with other Star Wars fans and pick up what you need and get rid of what you don't. And that's our show. We are about to hit the road for Celebration 5 in Orlando, or as they like to call it, Orlando. <laughs> Don't forget our Flickr page. The link is on our homepage. We'll keep that link up throughout the entire convention so you can just go and tag all of your photos from the Star Wars Action News Party from any of our panels or any place else in C5. You happen to catch a celebrity in the men's room? You got a camera phone. Don't need to see that. I'm kidding. Don't do that. Not only is it rude, but security may escort you out. And then you'll have to notify all your neighbors about your recent charge. Yes, and that would be a shame. We'll be Twittering and Facebooking from the road, so make sure to follow us on Twitter, SW Action News, and find us on Facebook, Star Wars Action News. We'll be doing toy runs, I'm sure. Walmarts seem to have the most reliable restrooms, and you can find Walmarts everywhere. And if you're not going to Celebration 5, stay tuned with Star Wars Action News. We're going to be bringing you podcasts all the time, bringing coverage of all the collectibles shown. We know Hasbro's going to show a few things Daryl teased us with at our Comic-Con show, see if there's anything else on display from any of the other vendors, and telling you all about the collectibles, bringing you first-hand accounts, and we might have a few surprises along the way, too. So keep your subscription on iTunes to SW Action News. I know we're going to be recording also Clone Wars coverage for Republic Forces Radio Network. When Berent and I were out covering it for San Diego Comic-Con, we were kind of left underwhelmed by the Clone Wars Season 3 reveals at Comic-Con. I think there's going to be some big ones. Jerry, Jen, Dan, and I will all be at Celebration 5 covering that for Republic Forces Radio Network, which you can find at republicforces.com. And I think our first podcast will be recorded at our party. And I want to, again, thank all of the party sponsors. Uncle Milton, who's going to be out there giving us a display. 
Backstage Toys, who we talked about earlier in the show, donated an interactive R2-D2, and if you need one of those, you can buy those at Backstage Toys. Sideshow Collectibles, donating some cool 12-inch figures. Most Wanted Collectibles, KNC Collectibles, Flight Pose, Hasbro, and Brian's Toys, donating two FX Sabres. And remember, at Brian's Toys right now, you can go and buy the Darth Maul FX Removable Blade Saber, the Anakin FX Removable Blade Saber, the San Diego Comic-Con Star Wars exclusives, and you can pre-order a set of the Chase Hasbro figures. All of this and more Star Wars is available at Brian'sToys.com. And remember, when checking out at Brian's Toys, please mention that you were referred to them by the podcast Star Wars Action News. I think that's it. We're getting ready to head out here, and we'll talk to you next time from Orlando. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that show at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at SWActionNews.com. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at SWActionNews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at SWActionNews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at SWActionNews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can help support Star Wars Action News by using the affiliate links on our homepage when shopping online. We would also appreciate it if you spread the word about Star Wars Action News by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, or just tell a friend about the show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also cast a vote for us each month at Podcast Alley. Links to both can be found on our homepage at SWActionNews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please visit yakface.com, hanshideout.blogspot.com, and jedi-temple-archives.com, and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. The Star Wars Action News team is web programmers Jason and Joe, associate produced by Brock, reporters Jerry and Steve, graphic design by Chris, and podcast enhancement by Berent. Star Wars Action News is copyright 2010, all rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademarked and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, all rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the Force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Star Wars Action News is a production of Venganza Media Incorporated.